Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, the Dynasty Consultant, Mr. Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin, on my Instagram page at the Dynasty Consultant, my parlor account at the Dynasty Consultant, or on the Dynasty After Dark Facebook page. Uh, hopefully you guys have made it into the playoffs in all of your guys' leagues, and this is the last night before the playoffs kick off tomorrow morning, and hopefully you guys are ready. Uh, I'm in playoffs in every single one of my Dynasty Leagues. Do not ask me about my redraft leagues. It did not go so well. Um, but in my dynasty leagues, all four of them, I'm in the playoffs, which I'm super thrilled about. Uh, hopefully you guys have some better, easier matchups than I do this week, but it's going to be a little bit of a rocky road in a couple of them. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hopefully you guys are listening to this Sunday morning before the games kick off. But I'm just going to walk you guys through the Dynasty playoffs for my league specifically, uh, kind of give you some of the thought process that I'm putting into these leagues and kind of the uh, the decisions I have to make. Because like I said, not all these leagues am I the most stacked in, right? I have a lot of injuries right now in every league, just like everyone else does. COVID is hitting people pretty hard across the country and in some of my leagues specifically, it's hitting those as well. And I just wanted to walk through some of the decisions that need to be made when you're going into some of these matchups and how to approach those playoff runs and to help you optimize your playoff runs yourself. And for all those people that didn't make the playoffs, don't worry. Hey, there's always next year and it's never good to give up on a league right now, especially in the, uh, in a dynasty league, you know, you have these for years and years and years. But one thing I see a lot of people do, and it's a big problem. If you want to be competitive in dynasty, if you're one of those people who only has one, maybe two leagues, uh, maybe one's a redraft, one's a dynasty, or you only have like one or two dynasty leagues specifically, a lot of people, if they don't make the playoffs in any of their leagues, or if they only make playoffs in one league specifically, they don't follow all of the news that happens from here until basically the NFL draft and then miss a lot of the, the summer until training camp and things like that. And in my opinion, that's a big mistake because most of what I've done to improve myself in these dynasty leagues is paying attention to everything that's happening from now until the Super Bowl, paying attention to all the moves that are being made in free agency, all the uh, coaching decisions that are being made in the off seasons and things like this. And you need to really pay attention to those if you want to get better at dynasty. It's very easy to check out. I mean, it's been a weird year as it is, you know, so a lot of people have been kind of in and out all season just because of the the unpredictability of it right but don't ever give up on your leagues and just make sure you're staying with it you don't have to be super involved with the off season if you don't want to be if you don't want to be one of those people who makes a ton of trades or entertains a bunch of trades or does a bunch of startups like I do every single off season you don't have to be one of those people but at least pay attention to the news Keep your head in it and just pay attention. That's the biggest thing that you can do to improve in a dynasty league. Like I said, if you're in one league, if you're in 10 leagues, that's all it takes is just paying attention to those moves and it kind of lets you just think ahead and it never you never have to catch back up. You're always staying current, right? So that's my biggest piece of advice to anyone who hasn't made the playoffs yet this season. And 
One other thing I do want to touch on before we get into kind of some of those playoff tips, like I said, is right now I see a lot of people who, again, they don't make playoffs in these leagues. And if you're in a low dollar dynasty league, you're very likely to see this in your leagues as well. A lot of people just quit the league and it really sucks because they don't like their team. So rebuild is too hard. So they just quit start a new league, you know, they forfeit 30 bucks, who really cares? And then they just go and start a new one and hope that they can win in the next one. But the reason why that's a bad strategy is one, it eliminates a lot of fun in dynasty. If you want to do a redraft league because you don't like your team at the end of the year with a dynasty league, then go do a redraft. But if you're doing dynasty, half the fun is being able to compete every single year. You're not going to be the best team every single year. You're not going to be the worst team every single year unless you do some of these things that I've talked about this season, like not staying up to date with the news and things like that, or, you know, just making bad trades where you're only going for name value or, or you're losing out a ton on the value of those things and you're giving up first for, for older players or things like that. You don't really want to be doing those things and it makes it not fun because you don't get to understand how to improve. If you're just cutting and running every single time, you're not learning why you went wrong, right? You're not learning to improve year to year. So that's one thing. Don't just quit your leagues if you're not one of the playoff teams. Trust me, like I said, not everybody's the worst team. I had a team last year in my home league, my main dynasty league, that they were the number two overall pick in the NFL or the rookie draft uh, this last season, and they are one of the best teams in the actual league right now. So you can turn it around real quick if you just have a couple good players and you hit on a couple players in the drafts, get a little lucky during the season, have some positive matchups, things like that. You know, all it takes is one season to really turn things around. So don't ever give up on your leagues. Um, wait. If you want an out, at least let people know. Don't just quit just because you're not winning. So that's just anti-fun for everybody. And it's, it's, it's counterproductive for you as well, just because you're not learning how to improve and hopefully save you some money down the road. Because if you're just doing that every time you lose, because you're not very good at dynasty, I mean, man, you're just going to be wasting a lot of money over the years. You might get lucky and win a couple here and there, but it's not going to offset all the losses that you're going to have. So like I said, just never give up. Just hang in there. Do the fundamentals. You know, if you have questions on trades in the offseason, there's people like me. There's a million people out there that can give you advice. Find someone you trust and just get that advice from them, right? So just hang in there. Better days are ahead. I feel for you guys. I'm lucky enough to make playoffs in all my dynasty leagues, but my redraft leagues were not so lucky. So I I understand the pain of not making playoffs in a couple leagues, right? You never want to be there. So just don't give up on your dynasty leagues. You still have these for years and years, and that's half the fun is making sure you can build it properly. So trust me on that. Just hang in there, guys. Now, for the playoff teams, This is week one of the playoffs, and it's now for all the marbles, right? There's no more, uh, maybe you can uh, still make playoffs. There's there's always the next week, right? Just because you lose this week, well, your, your overall record, as long as you're winning more than you're losing, you should be okay. Now it's win or go home, right? So we gotta make good decisions when it comes to setting our lineups and kind of making your rosters. And that's one thing that I wanted to touch on with you guys because like I said 
everyone right now is impacted by COVID or injuries or, you know, just negative matchups. And you just got to do the best you can to maximize your guys on your team. And I'm going to walk through three leagues today and just give you guys an idea on how I'm deciding to set my lineup in each one of these. And there's a lot of players that I have. Um, one strategy that I do have in Dynasty, and a lot of people are, are different on this, right? You can go one of two ways. You can either go all in on certain players, right? And if they miss, then you are absolutely screwed. But if they hit, you are in the red, right? So you have two options. You can either do that strategy or you can diversify in all your different leagues, right? Where you don't have two shares of Dalvin Cook in any single league. I'm one of the people who likes to consolidate my players. I have a lot of the same players across all my different leagues. And I like it that way because one, I don't have to root against them every single week. And two, if they hit, like I said, I am looking really good in all of my leagues, not just one league, right? So that's my strategy when it comes to this. So when I'm talking through some of these leagues today, you guys are going to see a lot of the same names get brought up and that's intentional. So just wanted to preface that and just so you guys aren't confused as why you're seeing the same names multiple times. But I'm going to start off with my home league, my longest running league, my work dynasty league. And this one is very, very competitive and it's a lot more challenging than you would think because this is a league full of engineers and engineers we're not the smartest people in on the planet you know we're probably above average when it comes to that but we're very very analytical and a lot of engineers that I know myself not included but a lot of engineers that I know are very uh how should I say uh uptight when it comes to giving up players, they never want to be even in a 50-50 trade, right? They always have to be on the 60-40 side of a trade. They have to win that trade. And and this league is specifically like that. It's a tough league because nobody makes moves because everybody wants to win. And they want to be the high guy on the value side of every trade. So it's a tough league. You know, I love this league. It's it's fun because it's also guys that I work with. So I get to really give them a hard time and they give me a hard time when I lose. Uh, I made playoffs in this league as the sixth seed with a losing record. Luckily, <laughs> it was a very uh, odd year this year, but Luckily, I squeaked into the playoffs at six and seven this year. the uh, the top The top guys were just killing it, and I started off so terribly. I think I started one and four in this league, and then I ended up going six and seven. So I really turned it around in this league. But man, it was just uh, it was not a pretty start. Let's say that. So uh, this league is my most fun league that I had. Like I said, but it is also a very very tough bracket that I'm in. I'm in. Probably the hardest bracket that I've ever been in in a dynasty league. I have the number one and number two and number three point scorers on the season all in my bracket. I was number three by the end of the year. Like I said, I really turned it on at the end of the year. Uh, But the number one and number two point scorers are also in this league. Number one, I think, has a bye, and then number two is who I'm playing this week, and it is not feeling good. So I have to make very good decisions while I make these these lineup changes, right? So this league is a one quarterback, uh, two running back, two wide receiver. There's a tight end and two flex. We also start a kicker and a defense, and it makes it a little challenging. I really wish we could get rid of the kicker and the defense, but we keep voting that down for some 
odd reason. I don't really know why, but it makes it very, uh, very random from week to week on who's going to have a good week. But with this team, I have a good decision to make at basically every single position. And since this is Saturday, we already had the Thursday game, which was the Rams versus the Patriots. So some of those players are already locked. Hope you guys started Cam Akers. Dude's a stud. Uh, That's why he was my number two talent running back in this entire draft class of running backs right behind Jonathan Taylor. I think Cam Akers is going to be a stud, man. That dude was just way too good to uh, be doing what he was doing all year up to this point. So I think this is just the beginning of Cam Akers and he's really going to show out. So hopefully you were able to get him in your leagues while you could, but man, that dude is a stud. So in this league, I have already had Robert Woods go. So he was one of my wide receivers. And the the biggest tip that I can give you playoff teams, make sure you're looking at your matchups this week and setting the early games in your primary spots. Do not put early games in your flex, especially with COVID and the crazy things. Look at what happened on Tuesday of this last week with Des Bryant. It was five minutes before game time and he got pulled, right? Now, most people probably weren't starting Des Bryant, but let's say Dalvin Cook. If you had Dalvin Cook in your uh, flex, for example, and he's a one o'clock start, you know, you don't want to lock that out just because you didn't pay attention to it. Or let's say, uh, for example, let's see who's a later game. Uh, Eric Ebron, for example, he's an eight o'clock. So someone in, in Pittsburgh playing against Buffalo. So let's say you have Josh Allen, right? You don't want to have Josh Allen just chilling. You want to have him in your starter spot so that they're not going to screw you in case of those last minute pulls, right? So just make sure you're, you're setting your early games in the primary slots, doing the, the very fundamental piece of dynasty and fantasy football in general right there. But that's the number one thing that I see a lot of people do that they screw themselves this year specifically. But uh, in this league, he hasn't had my opponent. He hasn't had anybody play just yet. I've had Robert Woods go. So Robert Woods is locked. Uh, He didn't have a great night on Tuesday or uh, Thursday, I mean. So I'm hurting a little bit here. And my projections are now not looking too hot for the week just because of his below average uh, score that he put up. So this is going to make my decisions a little bit more challenging because now I have to overcome. He was projected for 16 points. This is an ESPN draft uh, league anyway, and he was projected for 16. He got eight. So he got half of what he was projected, which is not good. So I am starting this week off at a slight deficit, right? So I have to make good decisions here, and it's really going to matter how you do it. So first thing I'm going to do is it's a one quarterback. Uh, My quarterbacks, I have decent options. They've been pretty hot the last couple weeks, but I have Ryan Tannehill. I have uh, Baker Mayfield, and I have Kirk Cousins. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is against Jacksonville. Baker's against Baltimore, and Cousins is against Tampa. Now, when it comes to my decision here, Jacksonville is by far the best matchup that you could hope for for a quarterback of those three matchups. Baltimore's defense is pretty good. Uh, The Tampa Bay Bucks defense is still pretty good. And Kirk Cousins just does not play well under pressure. So 
For me, this clear start goes to Ryan Tannehill. He has the safest floor here of least amount of turnovers, and he also has a pretty high ceiling just because they can go into a shootout because Tennessee's defense is pretty bad. So I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill, but that said, Kirk Cousins is someone that has probably a higher ceiling right now than someone like Tannehill just because if if Tampa Bay goes up on the Minnesota Vikings early in this game, they're going to have to throw a lot to come back into this, whether it's Dalvin Cook, whether it's Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, doesn't matter who it is. They're going to have to throw to get back in this. And if Kirk Cousins holds it together, doesn't turn the ball over, he could easily throw for three touchdowns, maybe 330, 40 yards, and you know, maybe rush for 20, 30, 40 yards, maybe even a touchdown. That's the kind of upside that Kirk Cousins could have in this game. Tampa's a tough defense. I just think that they're going to get to him a lot more, and if they fluster him early, we've all seen what Kirk Cousins does, right? So he can really go on tilt early. So starting with the quarterback, you know, I'm going with Ryan Tannehill. I think he has the highest floor, but also a pretty high ceiling, but maybe not the highest on my team. I might need to kind of switch to Kirk Cousins, but man, it... it, it really stinks that I'm starting off in a deficit because I really need a high ceiling, but I'm going to stick with Ryan Tannehill for now. Um, when I go to the running backs, now I'm going to switch to those. Here again, I'm really hurting because of uh, the last couple weeks. Dalvin Cook is my main starter. He's a lock and loaded. I don't even care that the Tampa's been really good against the run. They just cannot afford to not use Dalvin Cook in this game, and I just can see him getting a lot of dump-off passes just because they need to move the ball. So I think that they're going to be in a little bit of a hole early in this game, and it depends on the pressure on Kirk Cousins. They're going to want to run the ball as much as they can. I just don't think you can keep Dalvin Cook out of this for the entire game. So Dalvin Cook is by far my number one starter uh, running back. Now, my number two guy, it really is is painful this week because DeAndre Swift is who I have in there right now. Uh, I'm a little nervous about that, especially with the injury designation. They say that he's going to play, but he's not really been uh, himself the last couple weeks ever since he got that concussion, which really makes me nervous. But my other options are Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary. Um, Sanders is against New Orleans. Singletary is against Pittsburgh. Both are number one and number two, respectively, against the run in the entire NFL. They are just shutting the run down single-handedly every single week, and it's just not looking good. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I have him on here, but he's been MIA the last couple weeks. It's funny he's against Miami, so maybe he'll finally show up, but man, it's just, he's killing dynasty owners right now. And I feel like, I felt like he was a trap pre-draft but I had to commit to it right because it was just too good of a situation Kansas City he's a decent all-around back and they're just not using him to his fullest potential and then the other guys I have on here Joshua Kelly with Los Angeles uh, Leonard Fournette Jarek McKinnon so Rashad Penny even but man I'm just hurting at running back right now like a lot of people so DeAndre Swift is who I have in there right now but 
he also makes me worried. So when it comes to ceiling, I'd probably put in someone like uh, Miles Sanders, I think, could have the number one ceiling. But with the quarterback change against a tough defense, it's just really hard to predict Miles Sanders having a good game. So I have to bench him this week. He could goose me, and it could cost me this week. So I need something from my running back, number two. Hopefully Dalvin Cook can carry me through a little bit here. But it, it's a tough call either way. Um, I could go someone like Clyde. Miami's okay against the run, but they're not the best. You know, they're 13th. It's a, it's a tough call. You know, this is why, this is what a lot of people are in. Now, personally, I'm going with DeAndre Swift just because I think that he has a high ceiling and a high floor um, if he's actually playing, but that's a big risk just because we don't know if he's actually going to be playing just yet. So everyone, if you're looking at someone like DeAndre Swift, make sure you're watching the injury report tomorrow morning and just making sure you're keeping up with that. Now, wide receivers, like I said, I already got Robert Woods. Uh, My other wide receiver is a very clear call. It's Keenan Allen as my starting wide receiver. Uh, He is very, very clearly the uh, number one option here, and it's not even close. He's against Atlanta, worst defense in the NFL. Justin Herbert coming off the the game against the Patriots. I really think that they're going to come out and try to light these guys up, so... Not too hard a decision right there. Dallas Goddard is my starting tight end. The other guys I can consider, Eric Ebron or Hayden Hurst, not really liking their matchups too much. Dallas Goddard is against New Orleans. They've been above average uh, against the tight end, but I think that with the switch at quarterback, he's going to have to throw to somebody. Zach Hurts ain't ain't the answer. Miles Sanders might be the guy that he dumps off to. Uh, He might be using his legs a lot. He is a rookie. It does make me a little nervous to trust Jalen Hurts that much in my playoff matchup, but for a tight end, I could be doing worse, right? Uh, Eric Ebron against Buffalo. Eric Ebron is just super inconsistent, and unless he's getting a touchdown, it's hard to rely on him, and I don't know if I can trust him for a touchdown, so that's my big dilemma there. He could be the the guy I want to start, but I just think that the Dallas Goddard PPR option could definitely rival Eric Ebron's potential fall in the end zone for a touchdown. So I'm leaning on Dallas Goddard. I think he's the most talented of the two. And Hayden Hurst is just someone I'm not considering right now, especially coming off the injury like he is. So it's it's not pretty, like I said, but I, you got to do what you got to do. Now, for my flex options, we have to start two flex. And luckily, I'm pretty stout against the in terms of depth, right? I have a lot of guys here, but picking which two I want to start is the tough call here. And right now, I'm leaning with Allen Robinson against Houston. That's pretty much a lock for one of my my flex spots here. Houston's not very good. Their defense isn't very good. Mitch Trubisky is the starter. Uh, He likes targeting Allen Robinson, so I'm just going to roll with it. Hopefully, Allen Robinson can get about 10 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns, just like last week. So we'll see, but I think he gives me a pretty solid floor at that flex with some pretty high upside as well. And the other guy that I'm leaning with right now is Devontae Parker against Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City's been pretty good, and Tua Tagovailoa has been very, very bad for fantasy. Uh, I like the talent of Tua, but he has been killing fantasy owners right now. And hopefully, 
this is going to be a good week, but man, it's just, it's just not pretty. It would be great if they came out here and said that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the quarterback tomorrow against KC, but it's, it's going to be a massacre if, if Tua can't get that ball moving. And I don't know if he's going to be able to against this defense. They've been picking it up the last couple weeks. So Devontae Parker is a big risk here. He could be just fine, um, but he has a very low floor in my opinion. So if I'm not going to play Devontae Parker, the other options are Miles Sanders, like I said, Devin Singletary, uh, Jameson Crowder was who I was originally going to be playing, but he is now very unlikely to play this week. And that makes it (laughs) very not good because I thought Jameson Crowder against Seattle was a very plus matchup. So it was going to be my main guy that I was rolling with and was going to hope for just something similar to last week. Maybe he gets like 10 catches in a PPR league and has a very high floor with a potentially high ceiling as well. I could go with Clyde. I could go with CD lamb here against Cincy. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has not really been super good without Dak Prescott on the field. Him and Dak were really getting along well until the injury, and CeeDee Lamb is just not showing that same consistency with uh, the Red Rifle over there in Dallas. And uh, it's just a tough call either way, but right now I'm leaning with Devontae Parker, if I'm going to pull him out, it's going to be for either Miles Sanders or for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It's just the big question is, which one am I going to be going with here of these three? Now, like I said, Devontae Parker probably has the highest ceiling of these three guys if him and Tua are connecting because Kansas City, I think, is going to go up quick on the Miami Dolphins just because Miami has a really good defense and maybe they can slow down Patrick Mahomes a little bit by but by halftime, I don't see any world where KC doesn't have 21 points, right? And Miami could definitely have three, six, maybe even nine if they can get a couple decent runs in there. But I just don't see them with Tua right now being able to score too much on Kansas City. So if they are going into the second half down that much, I could see them trying to come back and throw the ball around a lot more in the second half, maybe even switching to Fitz, Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick. But it's a tough call. Like I said, this is not a pretty matchup, especially when you consider who my opponent is running this week, which is guys like Kyler Murray is a starting quarterback, which is a great option against the Giants, who have been pretty good against uh against quarterbacks and as a defense in general they've been playing pretty good football last couple weeks but he's got Nick Chubb against Baltimore again it's a little bit of a risky matchup Baltimore's been pretty good but against the run they've been getting gashed left right and center Derrick Henry against Jacksonville is terrifying Devontae Adams against Detroit is terrifying DeAndre Hopkins he's not been the greatest the last couple weeks but still DeAndre Hopkins he's got some of the best hands in the NFL Rob Gronkowski, Debo Samuel, who's been hot as hell the last couple weeks. Tim Patrick is his second flex, but that's not even looking at his bench. He might change some of these guys between now and then. He's got DJ Moore. He's got uh, Todd Gurley. He's got, who else does he have down here? Um, Well, I guess that's pretty much it. Nelson Aguilar, I guess, is someone you could consider. But, I mean, his heavy hitters are very, very powerful. So, I really need to overcome quite a bit in this matchup. And, it's 
with the Robert Woods dud performance in Thursday night's game, it it just puts me at a little bit of a negative negative game script right now. And it, it's hard going into this, like I keep mentioning, but these are the decisions, like I said, you have to consider not only who gives you a safe floor, but also who gives you a high ceiling in your matchups. Because my opponent, Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams, have a pretty high floor and a pretty high ceiling because both of those guys could score 100 points on me if I'm unlucky tomorrow. So that's the kind of things you have to take into account. If that happens, you know, it's just meant to be that I was going to lose this league. But you know, I, you just got to roll with the punches a little bit. Give yourself the best chance to win. Really look at your lineup and break down what are the pros and cons of each player. Don't just be like, well, Dalvin Cook, yeah, must play. He is basically a must play for me, especially with my running back situation. But like I said, Dalvin Cook is not guaranteed like ESPN has him at 21 points. It's a big risk trust in Dalvin Cook to get that many points, right? He could easily get stuffed because Tampa's so good against the run. Kirk Cousins has a bad day. Minnesota just can't get the ball moving. and They have to pass a lot in the second half. You know, there's a lot of downsides around Dalvin Cook. So understanding your team and the strengths and the weaknesses of these players is crucial, especially going into the playoffs. And that's something I'm just trying to harp on a little bit here for you guys. So hopefully I'm not being too repetitive. Let me know over on Twitter what your guys' thoughts are. But that is the primary league of mine, my league that I want to win the most. It's not the biggest payout. It's not the biggest uh, prize pool that I'm going to be getting a cut of. It's just the one that I have the most pride in that I want to win the most because I haven't had a chance to get to get that title. I haven't got top two. I got third last year. I've been working my way up the rankings after starting out of the playoffs my first season in this league. And I've just been moving up and up and up. And this year, I really want to make a push. But like I said, it's a tough matchup. I got number two in points scored in week one of the playoffs, number one in week two, if I manage to win this week. It's just not looking pretty. The other side of the bracket is much, much softer than this one. I think it has uh, the 7th, the 6th, and the 5th in terms of points scored. So it's just a crazy, crazy shake of the shake of the stick there in that league. But that's my thoughts on that league. Like I said, just breaking that down. Um, I'm going to go over one more since we're getting a little bit higher in the time. And again, it's some of those decisions that need to be made here. And it's one of those leagues where it's just tough. It's tough to make a decision in some of these. And this league specifically, as I pull this up, is a league that I really think we have a good chance to win the whole thing if we can make it through this week. And we have a good matchup this week. I think we're favored by a few points. Uh, Our opponent was supposed to have um, Christian McCaffrey back, or at least he was hoping for Christian McCaffrey back, but that didn't work out in his favor in this league. And uh, that's what happens when you start talking crap early in the week. Uh, he, He was really boasting how he's going to beat our ass basically with Christian McCaffrey this week and then Christian McCaffrey news dropped and he was not so happy after that so um, I think we have a good chance like I said of winning this whole league and this lineup is a quarterback two running back two three receivers sorry a tight end one flex and a super flex 
and it's a tight end premium where we get two whole points per catch for the tight end, which has been really crucial for us this season, and you'll hear why here in just a second. For the quarterbacks, we don't really have a great selection of quarterbacks in this one and our quarterbacks that we do have though are very very good so our quarterback really isn't too much of a decision to make this week we have Aaron Rodgers as our primary starter and Josh Allen in our super flex our other options are basically just Mitch Trubisky and I like Mitch's matchup against Houston Um, it's very very juicy but Josh Allen is playing too well Aaron Rodgers is playing too well to bench either one of those guys right now. So we're just rolling with our starters here this week. I like Mitch's matchup, but it's just I want a high floor because like I said in the last matchup with uh, myself having Robert Woods already played this week in this league, this opponent has already had Robert Woods play. So he's already starting at a bit of a deficit because he only has eight points from Uh, Robert Woods already and he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey now so he's filling in with Giovanni Bernard so it's not a great great lineup that he's fielding out there he's got some good guys but it's nothing like what our floor could be if we hit our floor so that's what we're looking for where the last matchup we were starting on the back foot this one we're starting on the forward foot front foot however you want to say that. I don't really know the right way to say that phrase, but we're starting ahead of him in this one. He's starting on the back foot. So we want to go for a higher floor lineup than a higher ceiling lineup like the last one. So when we think of these decisions and make some of these decisions, what we're looking for is more the the floor that we can get from these guys. And it is also a deeper uh, league just because we have to have three starting wide receivers with only one flex. In my other league, I was starting three wide receivers anyway, but you have to start three wide receivers in this one, and we are not super deep at that position. So it kind of stinks for us, but that is what it is. So, uh Like I said, quarterbacks, we're set. We're going with the high floors of these two guys. Running backs, we're pretty much set. Uh, Our options are David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. Uh, Who else do we have? Salvin Ahmed is a little bit of a sleeper. Miles Sanders, and that's pretty much it. We don't have a ton of running backs, but we have some good guys at the top of our ticket here in this league. So we're just going to be rolling with David Montgomery and Melvin Gordon. Again, high floors, positive game scripts. It's just hopefully they can get us a touchdown, maybe two. If they can get 12, 15, 18 points somewhere in there with an upside, 15 maybe being the average, I'll take it. That's all I need from these guys. I just need them to perform at wide receiver. um, So the two that we're going with, again, David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon in our flex. When I get to that, we're actually starting Todd Gurley, but we'll cover that here in just a second because the wide receiver is where we're really weak in this league, and hopefully we can load up with next year's draft class, and luckily for us, it's a good wide receiver draft class next year, but man, 
wide receiver has just been killer for us because we have Allen Robinson again. Like I said, you'll see a lot of repeat names in these leagues, but Devontae Parker and Kenny Galladay was our third starter, but we haven't had Kenny Galladay for like eight weeks now. He has been MIA this season. It's killing me. We haven't had him since week seven was the last time that he played. It's just crazy what's been going on with Kenny Galladay. And we're going to be missing him another week, hopefully in week 15. I mean, it is against Green Bay this week. They've been pretty good against the pass. Next week in week 15, he's against Tennessee, who've been really bad. So hopefully we can have him back for that. But not having Kenny Galladay has been a big weakness for this team. So with Kenny Galladay out now, we definitely have to start start Devontae Parker. Uh, the other options that we have at wide receiver are Traquan Smith, Denzel Mims, who is now considered out. Um, he was a late call this week, uh, so he's not going to be playing this week. So we were going to be swapping to him depending on what happened with Kenny Galladay, but now Kenny Galladay and Denzel Mims are both out. So our other options are Traquan Smith, uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling with Green Bay, James Washington with Pitt. Uh, He's a pretty interesting option. And Larry Fitzgerald against New York. So it's not great as our third option. And we're just basically, like I said, hoping to get a solid floor out of these guys. Now, the options that we're going to be ro- looking at is either James Washington or Larry Fitzgerald. Larry, he's old as hell, but man, he's still able to get a solid floor. Um, he hasn't played since week 11 against Seattle, but he got put on the COVID-19 list and he has missed the last two weeks. But the last time that he did play, he had 14 and a half points. So he did have 10 targets. He had eight catches. He's decently useful in a PPR league. Um, hopefully he can just rock out and get about five catches for 50 yards if we do start him. Um, if we go with someone like James Washington, we're hoping for a touchdown uh, or a big play, which is definitely possible against Buffalo. They haven't been the best. And same with MVS. Um, he's been really struggling with drops the last couple weeks, and he's been on the field, but he hasn't gotten very many targets. He's only gotten two targets in the last two games combined. Uh, it's not looking good. I think last week he actually had a fumble on one of his targets, which it's really hard to trust him. Um, I don't really want to trust him this week. I was really hoping we'd have either Mims or Galladay, but since we don't, yeah, it's just not looking pretty for that. So our other option, we do have one other wide receiver, and that is Gabriel Davis with uh, Buffalo. And he's been kind of interesting this year. He's had a few good games, but Stephon Diggs is definitely the favorite target of Josh Allen. But he has scored a touchdown in both of the last weeks. Um, his snap percentage has gone up the last couple weeks. He's played 97% of snaps the both of the last two weeks. Uh, he's kind of an interesting sleeper option that we can consider. But again, with this being a floor matchup that we're looking for in this league specifically, because we were starting off on the front foot and we're just looking to make sure that we can hit our projection, I'm really considering Larry Fitzgerald as our third option. And it doesn't feel great, but Larry is the best option to 
give us a floor. So I think we're going to be rocking with Larry and that is why we're rocking with Ty Gurley because you can clearly hear our options in the wide receiver pool are very limited. But when we go to tight end, with this being tight end premium, our biggest strength this year has been Travis Kelsey. And he's really single-handedly saved us quite a few times this year already. So hopefully he can do that again this year and this week, I mean, against Miami. But they've been pretty good against the tight end position I'm a little nervous about Travis. I don't know if he's going to be able to really carry us through too much, but he's definitely going to be getting some targets and some catches. So I think he'll be just fine. He might not be the number one guy this week, but he'll be close, hopefully. Um, Definitely top five. And in a tight end, that's all you can ask for. Hopefully he can just carry the rest of our weakness at wide receiver three a little bit there. Now, when it does go to the flex, like I said, we're rocking with Todd Gurley right now. Uh, it's a positive game script, but with this being tight end premium, we do have some interesting options down below. Uh, Zach Ertz is there. Anthony Ferkser, who's been the Janu Smith replacement this season, he's kind of interesting with getting a solid floor. All he has to do is really get four catches, and he's basically tied with uh, Todd Gurley in terms of projection uh drew sample who's been highly targeted the last couple weeks which is surprising he's played 80 plus percent of snaps three of the last four weeks and he's gotten seven targets last week five targets the week before four targets the week before that so he's really been ticking up in week-to-week play and it could be somebody that is very interesting in a tight end premium. If he gets six targets, six catches, even if it's only 440 yards, that's still pretty good in this league setup. Uh, Dalton Schultz is another guy. It's not pretty every single week, but I mean, four for four for 44 is what he got last week, and that's 12.4 points. So, I mean, that's pretty good considering Ty Gurley's been getting that with a touchdown the last few weeks. So it's not been pretty whatsoever. Uh, the other, the only other guy we can consider is Jacob Hollister. His snap percentage has been ticking up the last couple weeks. His targets have been ticking up a little bit as well. Uh, maybe this could finally be a little bit of a breakout for Jacob Hollister, but it's tough to lean on him, so I'm not considering him for a flex. Right now, for me personally, it's either Anthony Ferkser, Dalton Schultz, or Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, we're just running with, hoping that he is not injured, but man, it's, it's tough to trust Todd Gurley right now. And Dalton Schultz, like I said, it's not a pretty floor, but he does have a pretty high floor. So it's one of those two guys. I'm waiting to see what the final injury designation with Todd Gurley is tomorrow morning before I make a final call. I know that the, uh, the offensive coordinator came out earlier this week and said that they want to get him on the field more, but yeah, it's like I said, tough to trust Todd Gurley right now. He was such a good player. It really sucks what happened when his knee kind of started going bad, but man, he was such a good player, but I digress. So anyway, again, this is the two main leagues that I wanted to talk about. Oldest league, where I'm starting on the back foot, have to make some tougher calls, whether I want to go for solid floor, solid ceiling, a little bit riskier in between, kind of balance of the two options, or where this matchup, where we're starting on the front foot, and all we really need to do is just coast at this point. Make sure that nobody bombs our week, essentially. Because 
like I said, our opponent is rocking Taysom Hill, Chris Carson, Giovanni Bernard, Robert Woods has already played. He's got Justin Jefferson, which kind of scares the crap out of me because that kid is so freaking good. I mean, I expected him to be good, but not that good. Holy crap, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Robert Tanyan, who's been pretty good for a tight end. He's been killing it the last couple weeks. Daniel Jones, who might not be playing. And if he's not playing, his only option is Tua or Case Keenum. And it's not looking good for him at the super flex position where we'd be starting someone like Josh Allen or Mitch Trubisky. So that gives us a pretty good advantage if Daniel Jones can't go. And Marvin Jones is the last guy that he's starting right now. But we'll see how many players he kind of swaps around here and there. He's got Darius Slayton on his bench. So there's some some options there, I guess, for him. And he was really hoping to have Antonio Gibson. Man, looking at this guy's team, he got screwed. Antonio Gibson and Christian McCaffrey are his number one and number two running backs. And he got screwed this <laughs> this week. But, oh, that's how fantasy goes, man. You guys got to overcome it. But, like I said, if we can win this matchup, we are favored to win the entire thing. So, I am really, really craving a title in this one because this is a high dollar league it's going to be a high payout and hopefully I can get that so like I said the other league that I talked about I want to win that one more than any other league here just because it's the pride of it all Uh, it's my home league I haven't won it yet and I want to rub that in the faces of my co-workers forever but uh, until we get there this one would be not too bad to get that payout. So it'll help my uh, my startup funds for next year. But uh, that's the uh, recap of the leagues this week. And just to give you guys an update, just because why not, but uh, just to let you guys know what's going on right now, we have finally sold our house. We closed on it yesterday. So that is nice to finally be done with. You know, that house just did not want to go quietly. You know, I had to a flooded basement right before we were going to sell it. So, uh, or right before we closed on it, I guess we already had a buyer. So luckily we had the buyer and they couldn't back out, but man, that house, I am glad to be rid of it. And hopefully we can get a house built soon. Uh, my wife and I finally picked our colors for the new house. We got a lot we like and it's all coming together and it's exciting. You know, I really am excited to see this whole process start to kick off, but uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Hopefully after they start digging the foundations for our new house and getting the, uh, the slab of the building done, we can start taking some pictures and I'm going to be posting those on like Instagram and things like that. You guys can let me know what you think of the colors when I get to that, but it's going to look nice. I really, really like the way that it's going to look. Um, it was, my wife was terrified before we went into that design meeting because my wife and I somehow make it work, but we are polar opposites in terms of personality. We like things that are completely opposite, you know, and when it comes to the colors, she wanted one, she wanted a light, uh, traditional kind of farmhouse kind of look where like the white house with the, the, plain kind of look, you know, and I wanted a dark house, you know, I wanted like a dark blue with white trim and things like that. And she was terrified because she thought we were just going to argue the whole time. She's like, well, this could be what causes ultimately to get a divorce jokingly, of course, but, uh, um, but yeah, she was not looking forward to it. We went in there, compromised a little bit, you know, guys, ladies compromise is the name of the game, but 
yeah, it's going to look really, really nice. I'm excited for it when it does finally start rolling around. Hopefully they'll have it done by about June. They have until August, but man, I'm ready for them to start. So like I said, once we start getting some of those things in the ground, I'm going to start taking some pictures, giving you guys some updates on that. I am super excited. I've never built a house before, only owned one house that I just sold. So it's, it's a very scary and exciting and stressful process. Let me tell you guys. So, uh, hopefully you guys are living vicariously through me, but let me know what your guys' thoughts are on this week's episode. Like I said, I just wanted to kind of cover, bring you guys up to date because everyone likes to hear some of these other leaks and some of these decisions that people have to make, but also just really kind of, uh, bringing you guys along in the decision process and letting you guys see how my mind works when it comes to some of this stuff. So let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Again, over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin, on the Dynasty After Dark Facebook page, on my parlor account at the Dynasty Consultant, and on Instagram where I'm going to be getting some of those updates up there here in the next couple weeks or months. So uh, give me give me a follow and let me know what your guys' thoughts are. So I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys have a ton of luck uh, in your leagues tomorrow. Hopefully, hope you guys make it to the championship. You know, I'm here for you guys. If you guys have any questions, hit me up. Let me know who your questions are, who you're wondering who you should start, and I would love to answer that for you guys. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hope you guys win. See you guys next week. Good luck and good night.